0: Hello, listeners. This is Eric Brickmont, co-host of Nerds on History. If you're in the mood for something a little different, something a little funny, something maybe with some bad words in it, we've got a podcast for you: Nerds on Film. You can engross yourself in everything from the film world and laugh your heinie off all at the same time. Enjoy.
1: Sound check. Sound check. Check one. Check one two.
0: Nerd on a me,
1: nerd on a
2: me, nerd on a me, nerd on a
1: me, nerd on a me,
0: nerd on a me, nerd on a me, This is our holiday episode. We also have a sister podcast. We have a sister podcast. We have a sister podcast. Nerds on film, nerds on history, nerd on a me.
3: Oh, jeez, I'm sorry. Wrong door. Welcome
1: to Nerds on History. I'm Eric Brickmont. And I'm Brian Moriarty. This is actually part two of uh, our Christmas special, because we actually started part one back in Nerds on Film. And uh, to welcome back into our history crowd of people, let's welcome back to the show... Sarah Ashley. Hello. David McGuire. Hello. And the first time guest on Nerds on History. He's very excited. (laughs) Kevin Sutorius. I've made it to the big top.
4: Aren't you proud of me, Dad? Aren't you proud of me? Wait a minute. Nerds on History is the big top? What does that make Nerds on Film? The... You're the big top next door. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: You're still the big top. Okay. I've just made it to the other big top.
4: Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's there be are two here. big tops here. There can only be one.
3: Sultan. <laughs> <It's all> I'm <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. This is a history podcast. Oh, I apologize. Wow. Let me get into history mode. Good afternoon. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> well,
0: folks, this is our holiday episode, and we are quite delighted, of course, to include our family here, as the holiday season often does involve as family, and we talked a lot about this on our Thanksgiving episode, mm-hmm. and how fantastic it was to bring everybody together, and we thought, you know what? we got to do it again. And I'm so happy that the two holidays are that close together that we can do an episode like this again so quickly after the other one, because I think it was a real treat. So again, as Brian has already said, welcome, and welcome, Kevin, to our show Nerds on History. And what a show we have today. This is actually really Brian's expertise, I feel. He has so much knowledge to contribute to the holiday season. In fact, we have been talking about this, I think, since episode, what, like one or two? Just how much you want to do an episode on the holiday Christmas season.
1: Yeah. Well Absolutely. here it is, buddy. Yeah,
0: here it is. Here's your chance. My
1: shining moment. Don't don't screw it up now.
0: Yeah, because uh, there's no going back. Everybody's <laughs> watching. <laughs> if you fail this, I'm having Sarah sit in as the regular from now on.
4: I am totally down wow. with that. Yeah. But then uh, I would actually uh, kinda online. have I'd it's helpful online. have to kinda
0: leave the show too. So it'd just be Sarah and David and then
4: Wait, why would you have to leave? You can stay.
0: No, I can't do it without Brian. So that's
1: brotherhood right there. Right there, fist bump So then David uh, and
2: Sarah do nerdonomy and nerds on film? I mean, you're, dumb, you're like, so, history, anime, um,
1: history. Stuff happened. And, Wait, um, I, can, I can learn
3: learned stuff. Oh, hey, can learn stuff.
1: <laughs> wow, that was kind we of. We are nerds,
3: after all.
4: Yeah, we can learn stuff. There just might be significantly more swearing all the time.
3: And a slightly more focus on film, if I'm not
4: correct. No, no, I'd be, well, talking, a lo- I'd be okay. talking a lot about books, actually. Okay, good. I- I'm an English major, so. Uh,
1: very obviously, yes. Yeah. Well, okay, so, yeah, when. Eric and I had this idea of, to do a podcast in general. Like, this is going back, what, five months now. The first thing I thought about when we did a Nerds in History was yes, we have to do a Christmas episode. But I also have to recognize, though, that Christmas is such a massive topic. We can't cover it all in one episode. Right. And we've already kind of touched on it a little
0: bit this season, anyhow, because we had that awesome episode on St. Nicholas.
1: Definitely. Uh-huh. Which
0: set a lot of background info for this episode. So if you folks haven't had an opportunity to listen to that one, as much as I don't want you to stop listening to this episode, I'd almost kind of suggest that you maybe go back, listen to our Nicholas episode, or maybe listen to it after this one, whichever one goes well for you. But uh, give it a listen, because uh, it's a good tie-in.
4: We'll wait. <laughs> Welcome back. Oh <back. laughs> <laughs> <All> you got. <laughs>
1: um, and the cool thing is, we, we've got a lot to share, so... A ton, a ton, a ton, a ton. So let's, so, let's jump into this thing. I think first thing we have to understand is there's a lot of specials out this year that talk about the origins of a lot of Christmas traditions, and um, and we're going to certainly cover a lot of those tonight. So some of this may not be anything that you haven't heard before. But what I do want to take a second to do is go back and really understand where does Christmas come from? Hallmark, I mean, next. <laughs> Hanukkah. When you guys take Hallmark
0: over, next. When you guys Plaza. think over the show. Hallmark. It's going to be a really short episode.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Stuff happened, guys. (laughs) See you next week. (laughs) Let me
1: pose a question to the crowd. Do you guys know when even the word Christmas came into being?
4: Probably around the same time they started using the word Mass.
1: Well, the Mass was always, was was ever since the formalization of Christianity in the fourth century. Fourth century, century, then, yeah. Um, So. Not necessarily. You'd be surprised. No. Okay. I, I, I was actually the word... Christmas that we're talking about. Yes. Now you're, you're looking at your notes, so you're cheating. Oh, fine. Yeah.
0: I, I don't know. I I'm was actually. i people. I was going to lean on uh, more towards what Sarah was saying. I was going to say fourth century around there. Ten thirty-eight. Ten thirty-eight. Really?
2: Goes back. That's no, just
1: actually the time right now. No. <laughs> 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 yeah. It didn't get formalized. It was actually it was the first time it was re- written down. Okay. The word Christmas was written down as... It was in 1038. Of course, yes, it is the Mass for Christ. That's what, of course, it means. Uh, it's so from, what I said
4: wasn't entirely stupid.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. It's from... And it's Middle English, so that's why the word Christmas was kind of merged together. And the original spelling is very different than what we would know today. It's uh, C-R-I-S-T-E-M-A-S-S-E. So it's a it's a more phonetical sounding word than... It was
4: actually pronounced differently, too. Middle, Middle English sounds almost nothing like modern English.
1: Christmassy.
3: Christmas Christ Christmassy.
2: Right? Hershey, sure. bershey.
4: Hershey,
2: <laughs> <laughs> In her version of on history, we'd have the Swedish staff, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, prior
1: to that time... Up to 1038, it was, of course, the festival of the nativity, or the nativity of our Lord, given the um, this is a predominantly Christian Europe that we're talking about right. at, at this point in time. Um, do you guys know approximately what year it was officially recognized as a holiday? Well... Eric, you might know this, actually. I'll say
0: 11th century? I'm going to say something maybe in the 14th, 15th,
1: 15th century. For some reason, I'm, I'm not being able to pull up my notes here, but I do know uh, that it was formalized under the... Oh, Holy Roman you Empire then? I, I believe the so.
3: Um, in yeah. my notes, I found that it was the official date uh, the Western Christian Church had placed Christmas on December 25th in the first few centuries of the Common Era, closer to
1: the fourth year, so or four hundred years, that's, so to speak. That's actually very, very much correct. Um, Common Era, yes. Post yeah. the Council of Nicaea, yes, yes. which right. is when okay. Christianity yeah. was formalized and basically the Catholicism that we know of, a lot of it was, was formed.
0: Of which Santa was also a part of that council.
1: Yeah, yes, St. Yes, yes. Nicholas was a bishop at the Council of Nicaea. That's, it makes
4: so much
3: yeah. sense now. Yeah. So does, does that mean that the birthplace of Ho 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 is also at this same gathering when he was so happy to be there? He was just, Ho 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 Ho! No, oh, I was
1: getting too hopeful, sorry. <laughs> too totally Ho 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 hopeful. Um, <laughs> however, I will say this, though. <laughs> did you guys know that December 25th was not the original date of Christmas?
0: That I definitely knew.
1: You knew that, yeah. yes. Did yes. yes. you guys knew that? What, I did know that. December 25th was not the original date for Christmas.
2: Mm, no, yeah, no, no. Oh. So so from the way that
4: I heard it was that um, they kind of were taking the pagan holiday and they kind of slapped the Christian holiday just kind of over that yeah. date. Well,
1: yes. Yeah. To be more specific, the original holiday wasn't that too far away. It was originally commemorated on January 6th mm-hmm. because January 6th was also the feast day of the, of the baptism of the Lord at the point in time. So it was, you know, considering that at this point in time, baptism was a fairly more of an infantile sacrament not an adult sacrament anymore it made more sense to put them together at that point in time and in the eastern orthodoxy they still celebrate christmas on january 6th um which we consider in the western world the feast of the epiphany or the three kings day of course
0: now if i can tie it a little bit pre-christianity actually in the pagan
1: traditions please uh
0: in rome on december 17th okay so right in and around this time Uh uh you had the roman holiday of saturnalia And this was a time of actually five days of feast and gift giving. Gift exchange was performed during this time. It was even a time when slaves who were being owned would be given food and drink and wine and be able to actually more or less have a day off, believe it or not. And that ties in very closely, of course, to the winter solstice, which is on the 21st. Traditionally held as an extremely important and sacred day by many, many pagan traditions, and, of course, by cultures around the world mm-hmm. over, this is, of course, the shortest day of the year. It's when the earth is furthest away on its, til- on its axis away from the sun. Right, uh, The darkest day of the year, a time when people were kind of afraid and they needed to be near each other and close to each other. And that's where you have, again, this idea of the lights and things of that. It was the warmth and of the fires that were keeping people close and near mm-hmm. each other. Uh, Mithras, who was also a Roman god was celebrated on the 25th. He was a sun god, right? He there was, was a solar a, god.
1: There was a cult in Rome that were sun worshippers.
0: Correct. And the cult of Mithras worshipped the rebirth of the new year. And so the sun rising over the horizon, ending the shortest day of the year, leading to the next day, which would lead only to more light and more warmth, and eventually spring and summer were celebrated through Mithras on the 25th. And of course, New Year's was only a short distance away from there. So it's really no big surprise that eventually, once Christianity was becoming assimilated into much of what is Western Europe, that they were looking for some sort of tie-in, some way to say, hey, you're not Christians now, but you're going to be. <laughs> and just to make sure just to make sure that it's going to be a lot of fun for you, we're going to go ahead and put this extremely important Christian holiday right in the middle of all your other extremely important holidays.
1: Yeah. Yes, And we actually have Pope Gregory to thank for that. This is under his uh, pontificate that this took place. Well, Thanks, Pope a- Greg.
4: And that's actually pretty interesting, because that's just been a a relatively long-standing tradition. Like, if you look back at ancient Greeks, and when neighboring tribes were taking over other neighboring tribes, they were, like, the one who was kind of conquering would be like, okay... You have your gods, we have our gods, we can share the same gods, we're going to have the same kind of similar celebrations, but our gods are a little bit better, just right. so you know.
3: We're replacing <laughs> the namesakes of your gods with the namesakes of our gods, but they're more or less the same god. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One other thing that I wanted to jump off of, uh, Eric, uh, in my research as well, some uh, people have theorized that it's also possible that the date comes from uh, the southern solstice or the Roman winter solstice. As we have uh, come to know and love. Um, but uh, there also being a connection with literally the sun, because according to the Bible, Jesus is supposedly the S-U-N of righteousness, which actually comes right. from a, bi- a chapter in the Bible.
1: Yes, and the whole, and also the, the analogy of the light of the world. Yes, exactly. Um, part of the things we talked about in the, the St. Nicholas episode, when we talked about the Advent wreath as well, because we'd mentioned a little bit about Advent, was the light of lighting the candles during Christmas time is to represent light coming out of darkness as well. So yes, there's this whole metaphor of light coming from darkness, whether it's the winter solstice, or in this case, whether it's Jesus coming to redeem humanity.
0: But what's really interesting is when you're talking about the birth of Jesus, which is what the Christian holiday celebrates, the actual birth of Jesus is a lot of debate over when in the year that took place. Mm-hmm. And there are essentially two gospels that tell us the story. There's Matthew and there's Luke. Mm-hmm. There's no suggestions the two of them Knew anything about each other, had ever even met one another, were creating two totally separate stories.
1: Yeah. And it's the well, story. Well, that's debatable, but we'll talk yeah. about that in a second.
0: Well, I'd say there's, there's some pretty strong evidence to suggest that one was maybe leading off of the other, but the two of them maybe never really
1: collaborated on and the story together. They may have never met, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke are all considered synoptic gospels. They may derive a lot of their allegories and sayings from one similar document that no longer exists. Historians call it the Q. The Q document—it's uh, kind of a very mysterious name to it—but basically, it's
2: sounds like J.J. Abrams, wrote that. <laughs> yeah. But Basically, it's—it
1: was a quote-unquote gospel. It was a—it was a collection of stories and sayings about Jesus um, that the three; those three authors based their their gospels off of.
0: But essentially, the story of the nativity, though, correct me if I'm wrong, does come from the Gospel of Matthew with the star of Bethlehem and wise men. The one that we are m- most familiar with, yeah, absolutely, yes. it does come from yes. come from yes. Matthew. Mm-hmm. And there's been even suggestions that based on certain astronomical events that would have occurred at that time the placement of certain planets that would have been maybe even interpreted as that star of bethlehem uh would place it actually more sometime in the springtime yeah and not so much in
2: in the winter Hmm. i had heard that the uh the star of bethlehem was actually supposed to be a comet
0: there are so many there there was a theory that it was a
2: comet like Mm. the elba comet or something along those lines really i don't know don't don't quote me but um that's an interesting theory though yeah, they thought that they were just following a comet and they I, happened I've to heard, stumble upon... The, I've heard
0: theories of a comet. I've heard theories of a, of a meteorite. I've heard theories of Jupiter or Saturn, both very bright, visible planets in the night sky. All sorts in, yeah,
4: of different yeah. theories.
1: Now, Matthew is important, though, because Matthew's audience, not to go too much out of a tangent here, but Matthew, his audience for writing the gospel was to preach to um, Jews who had just converted to Christianity and to validate Jesus' role as the Messiah to the Hebrews, so he before we even get to the story of the nativity that we're pretty well familiar with, is it, he traces the genealogy of Jesus all the way
2: back to to David. Yeah, yeah. David, why didn't you tell us? Okay, guys, I didn't want to. I didn't want to <laughs> use that as any sort of weight. God, I let you borrow my Tardis. For one
4: Uh, night.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And you ruined history. No, I didn't. Or created history. (laughs) uh, there's that saying that says that in time travel, you have to continually do things. And so I've been destined to be the man that goes back in time and starts off an entire religion. Let's not get into it because the semantics of it are a little (laughs) faux pie ish uh, In
0: all seriousness. Yes,
2: yes. in all seriousness. I won't go
1: into it, but there is a lot of this idea of all these stories are, are, again, set to prove that the coming of, of Christ was in line with the prophecies of the coming of the Messiah. So Matthew's figurative language that he uses and his genealogy lesson that he gives us, the, literally the first lines of the gospel, which is, this is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, um, and goes back forth. Uh, he uses lots of numerals uh, symbolism like 14 generations times 3, 1477, 7 is a Jewish number for completeness and all this stuff. So... Suffice it to say, the story we all know and love is very, very deeply rooted in that whole concept of validating the birth of Jesus.
4: Nice.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, you were telling me just the other day that the nativity obviously has been the dominant kind of symbolism of Christianity's Christmas. Not to say that there is not a different Christmas, but the non-secular Christmas is a little bit more about Christmas trees and Yule logs and things of that nature. But the nativity scene is more about the religious aspect of Christianity. And the Vatican hasn't even, or just recently in the past few years, has a, a Christmas tree featured in yeah, it, right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. Uh, there was not a Christmas tree at, at the Vatican until 1992. Wow. I mean, that's really? just yeah. not that very, that's yeah. so long ago. And that that? Year again? 1992. Whoa. And here's the reason for that. Because the nativity is actually the predominantly Catholic idea of Christmas. Mm-hmm. No. Um, it was formed by St. Francis of Assisi, and I, it's weird we see a modern parallel here. He started that a couple hundred years after we started acknowledging the name Christmas because there was too much of an emphasis on gift giving and not too mm. much on remembering the birth of Christ. So he actually did these live reenactments of the nativity.
0: And they still have that. Uh, live nativities are, are practiced around the world, sure. actually. I don't know if anyone's ever seen it. It's called The Vicar of Dibley. Has anyone is ever this seen this? this the it's the, the
1: woman who's a priest? Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've oh, heard about it. Oh, it's so funny. It's really good. And they do an episode where it's Christmas time and she does a live nativity scene on one of the farms out there in this backwater town, right? And it's just it is hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And there's this the essentially like the mayor of the town, right? And he gets cast as oh, who's the really bad guy in the in the story? The one who, who kills all the babies? Herod. Herod. Thank you. I didn't go to Sunday school. Don't look at me like okay.
1: that. King um, Herod. King Herod. Just remember, Herod. Just remember yes. Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. You know,
3: that, like, that
4: was, actually that like was that. his
1: son. That was not Herod the Great. Oh,
4: that's my only reference uh, for anything King Herod related.
0: Anyhow, the funny part is that here's the mayor, and he's trying, He's gets cast as this, the most awful part possible. And so at the scene where he says, bring forth all of the firstborn sons and have them killed, but do it nicely <laughs> <laughs> and then give candy to all. And then all the kids who are watching this, he like starts throwing candy to them all.
4: <laughs> nice. <laughs> British so humor.
0: If, if you haven't seen it, go out yeah. there, watch the Vicar
1: of Dibley, watch that particular yeah. episode. It's hilarious. Right. The reason why we haven't seen a, the Christmas tree up into, into the Vatican up until recently is because, to be honest with you the christmas tree aside from having some arguable pagan roots is it's a protestant christian symbol yeah do you guys know who started the christmas tree
4: i have a feeling you're about to tell us martin luther oh really mm-hmm. yeah it was yeah.
1: his concept and actually i know kevin's <laughs> chomping at the bit to, to Well to yeah this. well I, so
3: my research has found that martin luther is uh, supposed to be one of the starters of the 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 christmas tree especially the symbolism of the triangle shape which is the Religious symbol for male also.
1: It was also the fact that the pine tree being an evergreen. Yes. Uh, to him spoke to the evergreen nature, the ever-living nature of Christ. Right. right,
3: considering that it was the only tree that didn't shed its leaves during the winter solstice. Correct.
0: Well, what's also interesting is that the Christmas tree in America, how it got its roots, and also in England, began with the teachings of Martin Luther, with the tradition of the Christmas tree in Germany. And Prince Albert and Queen Victoria of England in the 19th century, when there was a, a depiction in the London Times that showed the two of them together with a decorated tree in their home. And this was a tradition that Albert had brought from Germany. And just a couple years later, there was a Christmas tree pretty much in every single household in England. and. It had made its way over here to the United States, where they had changed the imagery, but almost copied the picture exactly. And just a few short years later, I think it was like 1840s around there, there was a Christmas tree practically in every home in America. Mm. See,
4: now I find that really interesting because if you look at the time of Dickens writing Christmas Carol and... I'm sorry. I'm oh no 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 no! You're, right you're
3: bringing up a point that I'm very excited to share. But continue. Okay,
4: because I, I the thing that I find always really <laughs> striking about Christmas and Christmas tradition, especially here in America and just in modern times, is that it's always still so rooted in Dickens, and, and the Dickensian theme and, and like you know mid 1800s and. And that's and because all that. a
1: lot of that what we how we celebrate Christmas is it only goes back to about that far with the feasting. I mean, there was feasting prior to the Dickensian yeah. era, but. Victorian England is where a lot of the whole idea of getting the Christmas goose and
2: yeah. the... I think nope. Kevin's about right to explore. Oh, no, he, no, no, he's no, like a just, seven-year-old.
3: Yeah. Yes, me, 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 well, no, me, Well, you guys are touching upon all this research that I found in terms of <laughs> when we later talk to like modern-day Christmas traditions, but... Yes, in terms of what you're saying so far, that's all what I found. But there was another thing that I wanted to share in terms of an interesting link in terms of uh, Martin Luther basically coming up with the idea of a Christmas tree coming from an evergreen. My research has found that according to an 8th century biographer, the name, of course, I'm going to butcher, Eddie uh, Stephanus, there is a saint named St. Boniface, or Boniface, Boniface, Boniface. Boniface, was yeah, it? Yeah. first time. Th- all right, thank you. Um, he was a missionary <laughs> in Saint Germany. St. Bono. St. Bono. St. <laughs> of you two. St. Danny Bonaduce. <laughs> um, he was a missionary in Germany and he one day uh, took an ax to an oak tree because he wanted to dedicate cutting down this tree to the almighty God, Thor. And he interestingly found a fir tree and he was very uh, interested in it because the triangular shape of the tree uh, he found to be very symbolic to the symbol of the Trinity. Um, And then, yeah, interesting, right? And so, uh, this actually took place before Martin Luther then took the evergreen tree into what we now celebrate today as the Christmas tree. So I wanted to add that in as well because you had mentioned Martin Luther. Absolutely, no, it's it's important that
0: we bring that up too. It's also funny that, really, Christmas as a secular holiday and Christmas as a religious holiday, for much of its history, were celebrated by two very different groups of people, right? Yeah. You found that there was actually this kind of deterrent, this move away from Christmas in the 16th and 17th centuries— People were disdainful of it because it was a loud and rowdy holiday. Christmas by, was
1: banned in England for a certain period of time, for too. For quite a while, yeah. yeah. And
0: the Puritans who came over into America, into early America, they were questioning whether or not they should have Christmas at all. Uh, many of them also chose to abstain from having Christmas. Uh, they wanted to bring it back to its religious roots and, and made it a very... I don't want to say solemn holiday, but they made it a very respectful right. holiday to the, to the religious
1: aspect of it. Well, as it was, the reason why Christmas was even recognized in Christianity, because really it was Easter, right? That was, the, that's the holiday you're supposed to celebrate. But because of this feeling of the second coming of Christ, that's what Christianity is cared toward, right? That he's coming back. He, he's not gone forever. That to recognize his first coming was a way to help prepare you for the second coming. So that was why it got validated.
0: I just love the way that the holiday itself, though, has evolved in such a short amount of time, particularly here in America. And much of what you see is those iconic images of Christmas that are now in many cases celebrated around the world are, you know, began right here in our own backyard. In particular, you know, in the 18th and 19th centuries, that's when we had a lot of these very famous traditions coming about that led and evolved into all these traditions we have today, including Santa Claus. We talked a lot about St. Nick in our previous episode, but we didn't talk a lot about the American kind of evolution of Santa Claus and where a lot of that came from. And, uh, Brian, you have some information on Moore's poem that really cemented this kind of new, iconic version of Santa Claus, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Of course. Well, I, that, I think also you asked me to share about this, too. So we'll, we'll do it together. It, in unison. <laughs> <laughs> so um, even though it's debated that he was even the author of this poem, Clement Moore's A Visit from St. Nicholas, or as we know it today twice the night before Christmas, was the first time where we see, first of all, for sure in writing, Santa Claus coming on Christmas Eve, number one, because before that, St. Nicholas Day was done on December 6th, and it was more or less a prep day for kids who were maybe too impatient for Christmas, <laughs> and then the kids would get their presents on Christmas, but also the way that he's described with you know, the jolly demeanor and the, the round belly and the red suit with the white fur on it.
0: Of course, the sleigh and reindeer.
1: Yeah, I was about the to guess. jump in on that, too. The sack again. of
3: toys.
1: Right. All uh, those things, all those imageries that we immediately associated with Santa Claus were cemented in this poem. Interestingly enough, the guy who first drew that was a guy named Thomas Nast, right? And you have something you want to share with that, don't you? Yeah, I have a question for y'all. What do the political
0: uh, images of the elephant and donkey here in the United States representing the Republicans and the Democrats,
1: right.
3: Uncle Sam and Santa Claus all have in common?
4: Designed by the same guy?
3: You got it. No No way. Yeah, Thomas Thomas Nass. Nass. He came up with the idea of the political party for the Republicans being elephants. Like, he came up with the idea, or?
0: He drew the pictures that became cemented. I was going to say,
2: the the actual imagery of the donkey and the elephant, those go back quite a while, don't they? We're talking talking mid 19th century. Yeah. (laughs)
4: Yeah. Was it like the. Like a political cartoon depiction mm-hmm. and that's where it got solidified. Oh, wow. Exactly. And
0: then of course the iconic Uncles Uncle Sam, you yeah. know we want you, you. Yeah. and Santa. Yeah. So what they're saying is like
2: subliminally telling children that Santa Claus is Republican. <laughs> I was going to say like American. Well, no, I was going to because he's wearing all red. Oh, okay, oh. interesting.
1: Well, blue—that uh, was more. That was a later thing. I, yeah, I, think yeah, we're yeah. going to save but, but that but for our talking... conspiracy theory episode. Yeah, 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 yeah,
4: yeah. All right. But we're talking the the American depiction of Santa. Yes, right? well, which yes, yes. It has several.
0: a lot of parallels and similarities to Sinterklaas uh,
1: which again is the Dutch version of Santa yeah. Claus and there's even similarities in the the red the beard There's yeah. phenotypical similarities in right. fact the American illustration of Santa Claus and the illustrations of Father Christmas as St. Nicholas is known in the United Kingdom are very similar. The, yeah, the coat is a little bit longer I Well, think, I, think, pat- I think I think Father isn't Christmas has
0: or? Father Christmas has more of a robe. It's more of a robe uh, yeah. He has more of a kind of a pointed hat and with Santa Claus, he wears more American furs with trim on them and a belt. Right. And he's, yeah. it, 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 they are, they're different, but they're very similar,
3: obviously. Yeah. It's like a coat for the like American Santa Claus. And with Sinterklaas or Saint Nick, it's more of a robe jacket,
2: I would what say. What a known fact, the American Santa Claus, the jacket that he is wearing, was actually purchased at Macy's. <laughs> you know it's funny you say that because a lot of those
0: images of Santa Claus as the big jolly Saint Nick were all directly associated with the Macy's catalog right uh and mm-hmm. selling Santa as selling Christmas as selling product
1: yeah. like right. Norman
4: Rockwell type Santa right. right well Norman
1: Rockwell's depiction of Santa Claus was absolutely no question now is definitive salmon. Yeah, in and Coca-Cola. In our, in our, in our, <laughs> Coca-Cola, right? Coca-Cola was commissioned by Richard Norman for yeah, the illustrations. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, absolutely. Before we move too far away from Moore's original poem, I have just a quick little factoid that uh, that famous line at the very end, Merry Christmas to all and to all oh, a good, good night, night. Yeah. was originally Happy Christmas to all and to all a good night. It was changed later by publishers who released that, you know, revised versions later on.
4: Oh, and even uh, in Dickens... Um, original Christmas carol, it's Happy Christmas in that, too. Isn't
0: it? I, you know what? I'm going to bring back a revival for Happy Christmas. is that, is that Christmas. the first
4: time that Merry Christmas comes up? That's Kevin, what it Kevin's it getting Kevin to
0: explode is again. Explode. Um, my, uh, again, like... Kevin it, has actually it, turned the exact red
2: <laughs> of Santa Claus's <laughs> I feel like he's it's giving amazing. him his Christmas gift of the year to be on Nerds and History. He's like, <laughs> oh my god, well, I get to finally talk about this. Well, not just that. Nerds on film
3: and nerds on history in the same night. <laughs> but anyway, my research, like you had mentioned, um, it's Charles Dickens' work, Christmas Carol, if I'm not mistaken, um, where he literally coined the modern-day usage of Merry Christmas. Oh. Um, the characters in the story are so jolly that they are merry about it. They're looking forward to it. And so they say the phrase Merry Christmas. Now, the funny thing is, after this story comes out, that's when the phrase Merry Christmas starts just popping everywhere which is interesting that charles dickens inadvertently coined how we say merry christmas
2: this day and age i just wanted to share that and yet most of the residents over in Europe still say Happy Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Which
4: is really funny because it makes me then want to go back to Dickens Fair, which they have um, in in San Francisco every year, and I, I went this year. and really makes me want to go and correct everybody now because they all say Happy Christmas in their affected British accents.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, why don't we have a Merry Anything Else? You know, it's not like, Merry Halloween. Or uh, you know, Merry Easter, I, I, yeah. Merry New Year. <laughs> I've
1: actually heard uh, an alternate version of "We wish you a Merry Christmas" as "We wish you a Happy Christmas and a Merry New Year." Oh, well, I think that only happened once though. That's I think a I wrote that because I'm dyslexic, so <laughs> I think I switched those things around. I think we
4: wishing people a <laughs> Merry Birthday. We're
1: splitting. <laughs> I like that. Right, Br- Merry on Birthday. Yeah. Mm. Our,
4: <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm just no. I'm literally going to start wishing everybody a Merry, <laughs> Merry Birthday. Oh, hello,
3: Merry Birthday to Merry
1: birthday.
4: you. Birthday. Here's
1: the thing, though. We're really splitting hairs because
2: Happy and Merry are pretty much definitives of the same feelings yeah. yeah so i mean well, one i think is f- a little bit more intensified than the other one's, one's, right? one's, one's more?
4: one's a wee bit more jolly
2: exactly joyful i jolly. would say yeah. that when i when i think of the word mary i believe that that has more intensity than just saying happy because i think happy has kind of lost its weight because you use happy for everything yeah. right you know what back in grade school they teach you that happy is just one of the primary emotions and right yeah you know, that, and that's one of your yeah. first things like oh he's happy or he's sad mary has a lot more weight because it's used less more I, I would
0: argue that now it's being used too much with Christmas, so I'm just gonna say wondrous Christmas to all of you. You know? Wondrous everything from now on.
3: I like that idea. Um in jumping off of your comment, when I think of Mary, I think of Brandy Buck. What? So I don't know what that, Lord that Lord is. Lord of the Rings, of the Rings Mariotic Brandy Buck, yeah, and Peregrine Took. Sorry, I just listeners. had to make no, this. This is nerds on history. On history. <laughs> and I knew
4: exactly
3: what you were talking Thank about?
0: you, Sarah. Featuring real nerds. Yes. <laughs> reciting Tolkien and whatever <laughs> To be you fair, made.
2: Tolkien did write the book first, so he was quoting the book. Yes, I was. Yes. Right? Correct. Absolutely. I'm yeah. sourcing
3: original material here. Right? <laughs>
2: no films allowed on this one.
0: <laughs> Yet. Now, I read an interesting statistic that $15 billion are spent every Christmas in the United States, at least in the past few years, fifteen billion dollars.
3: Whoa! Yeah.
0: And they always say that Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, is the busiest shopping day of the year. That's yeah. oftentimes not the case at all. It's but, actually usually within the you know the week leading up to
3: Christmas. Because yeah. they're like,
4: man, I bought all my st- I bought all the stuff for me on Black Friday. Why didn't I buy any gifts that day? Oh, crap. You're
3: absolutely right. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. I totally forgot about everybody else in my life. <laughs> oh <You know>,
2: no. <laughs> Why don't you give Uncle Ned that 40-inch big screen TV that you got? Uh, no, that's for me. Uh, that's for my bathroom. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we got to prioritize here. I'm when sorry. I take a bath, I want to be able to watch the Niner game. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need a mirror. <laughs> that's the old way of doing it, Brian. New. This is the new age. This is the 21st point. century, darn it. But think about that. Think about what... It took,
0: which really wasn't that much, to take the holiday and turn it into the biggest cashmaker in our
2: economy. Well, if you think about it, just right, given. you just said that Macy's took that image of St. Nicholas, of Santa Claus, and used him as their poster child for commercialism and for, you know, for buying merchandise and... You're doing all that, and so when you have an image to put in front of everything, it, yeah, it doesn't take very much yeah. for everybody else to jump on board.
1: But we also have to consider the context too. This was happening right in the midst of the Great Depression. So they were trying to do anything to get the economy kicking forward too. Okay. Yeah. But what what's happened now is it's now become our crutch. I can't cite any specific statistics here, so I, forgive me. Please, if one of our listeners is out there can cite this, tell us. I, I've heard an, I heard an economist once say that if we skipped Christmas one year the lack of income would be enough to plunge us into an economic depression what wow. a depression wow. or a uh, recession depression because depression. Depression.
3: we're wow. in a recession right now and we're yeah. still because of
2: the chain because of the chain reaction basically that it would set in motion wow yeah yeah because yeah, we're still in the recession since 2009 8 was 2008 it? was when
1: the most recent crash took place but there were signs
2: of leading up to it
1: yeah. as far as back in 2006 yeah. Yeah. I, I know I
4: graduated it's... college in 2008 and was like wow well, there aren't any jobs right now <laughs> and that's interesting that you
2: said that 15 billion you yeah. said 15 billion there's 15 billion dollars in the entire holiday pos- season, holiday season yeah. and yet somehow we're still in a financial crisis because I mean, you would think that again. This may be a different topic, but I'm just saying that with that amount of money coming into businesses and businesses are thriving, you would think it's some some way somehow that would make its way back to the to the debit. That we seem to be having. But to Brian's point, it has just been there
0: for so long now. It's it's just a, a staple of our economy yeah. already. It's already ingrained into the economy. So we're not really gaining anything from it. We're just keeping the status quo. So it's like having a credit card and just paying
2: well, off the interest and, and never not get, actually paying off the card. Not yeah. that it's
1: political, but yeah, we're we're spending lots of money around Christmas time. But where's the stuff we're buying being made? It's not being made in America, unfortunately. It's being made not in of it, not all of it, not all of it. All of it. But a sizable majority of that is being made. American 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 American
0: American 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 and you know how many of them? A lot. Billions. Billions. 350 million uh, Christmas trees. But that's taller. are in the ground at any given time
1: for Christmas at any given year. Yeah, and we live in a great part of the, of the And a majority of those are off of Highway 1. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we live in such a cool area because we get to actually live we live near tree farms. We actually get to go and within a half hour's drive we can yeah. go and we can cut down our own Christmas tree. But that's almost one Christmas tree for every person in the United States.
4: Question, how many Fake trees are being manufactured. <laughs> well, at there's any one given in time. my
0: house. That's for sure. I don't know. <laughs> there's one in you have a fake tree right yeah. now. I have terrible, terrible tree allergies. Do you? Um, yeah. I inherited it from my mother. She's she's got the same problem. So when we were growing up, we always had a fake tree in the house. And if I have a real tree in the house, I mean, I'll smell it the second I walk in. I will not stop sneezing until I'm out of that house. And then even then, I'll be sneezing for about an hour. Oh man.
3: Yeah. Well, some would argue that getting a fake tree means that you're going green. Hey,
0: I've had my same Christmas tree for 3 years running. There you go. I've had yeah.
1: mine for 2. At the same time there's there is that other side of it too, which is that Christmas trees once they're done they can be recycled in the mulch and they can be used True. to help fertilize mm-hmm. new land. So it's is it, it's yeah. Well, there's a yeah. program in my neighborhood
0: where the trees that are planted in a lot of my neighbors front yards mm-hmm. actually get dug up, removed and then put in the ground again yeah. and they're reused.
1: There's actually yeah you can still go to nurseries and buy living Christmas trees. Yeah, it just you can keep. Forever, pretty
0: much. I nice. do not follow that tradition in my neighborhood, and that's primarily because I have a 12-foot Egyptian obelisk created out of PVC, which I wrap Christmas trees around, and, or Christmas tree lights around.
1: You wrap, you're much stronger than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have a
4: 12-foot hey, obelisk. Brian, how's it
2: going? <laughs> I got this. Don't worry.
4: <laughs>
0: no, I, I have a 12-foot obelisk with Christmas lights wrapped around it in my front yard, and this year I added a new addition, I have a six foot Egyptian Ankh, the which, symbol which of eternal life. Too, isn't it? Which is also a reef on the very top. <laughs> uh, and that is made out of PVC plywood and some lovely uh, uh, reef material. I don't know what it's called. But um, Halloween at your house must be fun. Halloween it, is always very fun, too.
4: You're a class act. I'm not yeah. gonna hey, lie. I'm going to have an
0: Egyptian Christmas, okay? That's Who else awesome. is going to do it? I, you know what? Next year, I'm going to be adding another addition to the household. Up on my roof will be. Uh, Instead of the traditional Santa on a sled, I'm going to have a pharaoh and a chariot with a little Santa hat on, and then his lead horse (laughs) is going to have a red nose. And you think I'm kidding, but I will post the pictures of this year's Christmas on the Facebook page of my home, and you can see my (laughs) Egyptian-themed holiday decorations. And then next year, mark this comment, next year I will have a Santa up on my roof
3: in Egyptian style. Now, Eric, who is the god of uh, the sun? Which one? There were a lot. But the okay. big one was Raw. Thank you. That's who I thought it was. Why not include Raw on there? Only yeah, because I think... It's a little overdone. But that's the point with these decorations. You
2: should decorations. on your garage.
3: I will be taking suggestions on the <laughs> Facebook page. You're okay. all welcome to uh, make your <laughs> contributions at that time. <laughs> I would add in the son of, uh, the, the god of, yes, just Ra, in, in that line. sleigh.
0: <laughs> I had to beg my wife just to let me construct uh, these and put these up in my front yard. And I'd also like to thank my brother. Give a shout out to Paul for helping me uh, to put those together yeah. as well.
2: You should have the Scorpion
3: King there, too. That's her There you go, friend. yes. Oh, okay, now you're done. Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weiss, and the Scorpion Wayne King. And Joe Johnson, yeah.
1: yeah, Joe Wayne Johnson, yeah. Um, but, you know, we've been talking a lot about all these things about Christmas. Sarah, you want to say something?
4: I was just saying I saw a picture online of uh of somebody who had like this totally completely like decked out house. It was like ridiculous the amount of lights on it, and then the house next door, just one sign in light saying ditto
1: so do you guys know where the whole idea of of just the idea of light around Christmas comes from and that, or lighting candles and colored lights and stuff like that
4: aside from being the obvious relationship to Christ being the light. I was going to say Jesus. It's
1: it's a winter tradition that goes back to Norse mythology, and it was them worshipping the Norse god Baldr, B-A-L-D-R. Indeed, and of course the Yule Log,
0: which provided light during that time was mm-hmm. also uh, very iconic of that. Not on your television screen,
1: rather in your fireplace. Exactly, <laughs> yes, the real Yule log.
4: Which, if you don't have uh, you know, cable or whatever, you can definitely pull it up on Netflix I streaming. Can't believe,
1: I cannot believe I have forgotten this. I have a video on my iPad of the Yule the log. We could have had it on this entire time.
0: Well, it's not too late. We can it's still not too do late.
1: That. Yes, I need to get warm anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sit next to
3: the glow of the iPad. That's right. <laughs> uh, I will say though, the first electric
0: Christmas lights were actually created by the Edison Company in uh, 1882, and just a few short years later, uh, General Electric would sell a, the very first stringed Christmas lights, 24 on a string. Oh, wow. Really, it cost twelve dollars at that time, and this is eighteen eighty. This is just a few. This is in the eighteen eighties. Wow,
3: twelve dollars, which yeah.
0: equates to two hundred and eighty dollars today. That's wow, really oh wow. wow. yeah. Keep awesome. in mind, at that time, very few people actually had electricity in their homes, and so those in who their neighborhoods had it too, yeah, were okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Thomas Edison. I did a report on him in high in junior high, and oh no, he's he's a
2: horrible person.
1: Yeah. Edison did a lot of revolutionary things, but he also did it by stealing from a lot of other people's ideas, too. So. Wow.
0: Tesla. Well, I think we're going to need to have a... Uh, I think, oh, I think you, we...
4: guys should, you guys should totally do an Edison versus Tesla podcast. Yeah. <laughs> y- okay, okay. I propose an
0: idea. I'll be Edison. You be Tesla. Ooh. Ooh. Throw
4: down. We're, we're sure. going to have a
0: 19th century energy <laughs> off. Yes, we are.
4: <laughs> Can you do it like epic rap battles of history?
3: Alternating current all's away. Fool. <laughs> 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 wait, wait, does that mean that we can get um, David Bowie here as a guest star since he played Tesla
4: please I'm so glad you said that yes
3: um, give me some if you could pull that off yeah
4: if David Bowie was here I would flip my brains out
2: <laughs>
0: well Sarah Merry Christmas come on in David <gasps> because
2: oh, wait, you're sorry. already no. here sorry you'd have David. to get him to actually commit to both episodes because we would have to put him on for nerds,
3: for nerds on film, on absolutely. film and be like,
2: it's the witch king for god's sake can we just pick your brain
3: it would, it, your your fabulousness. <laughs> but
4: Bless we digress. You,
3: you okay? You good? I'm good. good. I'm the good. Yule, yule log is it allergies? Is that what it is? The digital <laughs> yule log. It, it brings out the worst in me too, man. It's the dry desk Like seriously, have you
4: guys ever been in that weird house that does have the yule log playing on the TV the whole? Time?
3: I will not say who. Hey, but what yes. is this weird um, house? I've, I was <laughs> in that weird house.
4: <laughs> I think this is so. Odd. Well, like, my, my fireplace
3: just... was never functioning when I was a kid.
4: That's fine. Then just don't have a fire. Well,
3: see, I, I've been to a place <laughs> where instead of...
4: A... I don't know. that just seems weird to me to have a U-Log playing and crackling. And there it is. The um, thing that really gets me, though, is when the hand comes out and, like... That's that's the part. <laughs> and then, like... Or
2: when the hand throws the log in to, yeah. like, keep <laughs> it going. Oh, jeez! In fact, as a kid, I remember watching that with my family as we were having that's our little get-together and that, my, my that right? was my... That was our goal, was to say, like, oh, oh! There's the hand, hand, hand. <laughs>
3: um, the house that I visited, uh, I will not name names, but the house I visited, um, they had a television in their fireplace because their fireplace was non-functional. Uh, oh, okay. And clear. so... <laughs> uh, <Kurt laughs> Clever. That's hilarious. Yeah, I, I, I will That's not name ingenuity. names because that is awesome and strange at the same time. <laughs> it is awesome and
1: strange. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we've been talking a lot about Christmas and a lot of these interesting traditions of how it's really a multicultural event because of all the different roots of the traditions, but we have to remember that Jesus was Jewish, and there's another important holiday that we celebrate around this time, which is, of course, Hanukkah. Absolutely, Or as, of course, it's really pronunciably pronounced, Hanukkah. 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 Yeah. I can't do the ha huh, that all are huh. tonight. Don't worry. I haven't had enough eggnogs. So. I, I, I can with
2: uh, the best of them, so. Hanukkah. Yeah. Actually, tonight's the the last night of Hanukkah. Right? The, the, At, the night that, that we're, the, recording.
3: Yeah, the night. we're recording. Yeah, yeah, the the nice. night that we are
1: recording. It yes. is the
3: last eight night of Hanukkah. Eight crazy <laughs> nights.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Eric, actually, we, we kind of agreed when we were doing this episode that I was going to cover Christmas and you were going to cover Hanukkah. So please, share with us a little bit more about these eight crazy nights. During
0: the Hellenistic period of the ancient world, okay, so beginning with Alexander the Great, his conquest of a large, large portion of the ancient world, including ancient Egypt, he left behind in control various generals who essentially carved up his empire and made their own kingdoms. One of them was Ptolemy. And Ptolemy's empire in Egypt was very strong and would exist for a very long time. And at the time in which we're talking about the background... For Hanukkah, uh, you'll find that that area of Judea, right, was in control by the Egyptians. They had that area under their control. Interesting. And what you saw was a huge influx of Hellenistic tradition into Jerusalem and its surrounding areas. And a lot of folks, the traditional Jewish of the Jewish faith, were beginning to diverge along with folks of this Hellenistic tradition now. And they kept a lot of the Jewish religion, but they infused it with the Greek language, with the Greek customs, with Greek yeah. dress. <laughs> This is also believed
1: to be roughly the part where Jesus was uh, influenced by. This is actually about 200 years before. Before that, but this is still the general region where Jesus would have been influenced by.
0: Absolutely, within geographically wise, absolutely. And so during this time, you had this power flux change in the region. And you had a situation where no longer were the Egyptians in control now, but rather the Syrians were now in control. And with that came some pretty big changes in Jerusalem. Whereas you had with the Egyptians this this tolerance and acceptance of traditional Jewish faith and religion, you now had a situation where the Syrians were coming on in, and they're like, "Uh uh-uh, no more. Uh, And there's a lot of debate over exactly what happened that facilitated all of this, which essentially was the second founding of a a Jewish state, when they reestablished the second temple in Jerusalem and started up uh, another kingdom that will last for about 200 some odd years these events all surrounding this had to do with a crackdown by the Syrians. So again, you had this kind of civil war going on at that time between these two different groups. You had the Hellenistic tradition, and then you had the the traditional Jews who were then fighting for control. And eventually the Syrians probably came on in, really, and, and took control of the civil war and sided with the Hellenistic group, which is, you know, not a big surprise. But what happens after that is then essentially the outlawing of Judaism in Jerusalem which you can imagine didn't go over very well and so there was a revolution that was formed there was a group of folks a particular family um, who came together the Maccabee family and they overthrew their Syrian rulers and casted them out and reestablished uh, this new Jewish state with a new Jewish king and they reconstructed the temple now the second temple of Jerusalem and there was a, a tale told that during this time The sacred oil that was going to be used to commemorate this event for lighting the menorah was tainted, and tainted intentionally. And they had just a very small amount left, only enough for a single day. But it ended up lasting an entire eight days, which is where we believe we get the eight days of Hanukkah from. It was this miracle. And, you know, there were other Jewish traditions and feasts that were being held around this time. And they think that this is, in fact one of those feasts that they were holding now and that's where the time with hanukkah comes because it was really the the ouster of the syrians and the
1: dedication of the second temple in jerusalem is what people of jewish faith are celebrating with hanukkah right and for the record the the hanukkah menorah is a modification of an existing menorah Uh, right normal menorah only has the seven lights on it six on each side six on each side and then plus one in one in the center Because of the, to commemorate the eight days, they make a special menorah with the, the nine candles on four, it. Three, four, three,
3: and then one in the center?
1: No, four, four, and one. Because you four always four light one, the yeah. center candle. And oh, write, okay, you gotcha. Then you light a new one for every night.
0: Right. You may not use any of the other Hanukkah candles. You may only use the center one. That is the one that is... That
3: lights the to, others. To
0: light
1: yeah. the others. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
0: And it's interesting, because in my research, I found that Hanukkah was actually a pretty minor Jewish holiday for a really long time.
4: I was totally going to say that. As far as I was aware, that um, Hanukkah was not as big of a holiday, but Passover is the bigger holiday.
0: Passover is huge, just like Easter yeah. is in the Christianity. Yeah, exactly. And it was, in fact, during American, uh, during this kind of American Christian. Christmas revolution, if you will, that you found the Jewish Hanukkah revolution kind of
1: took place as well. But then also they just had their big feast too because Rosh Hashanah comes only a couple months mm, before, and yeah. Yom Kippur comes—the part of the Jewish New Year comes yeah. only a couple months before when Hanukkah is celebrated. So it's just kind of this in between between major so feast many days. holidays,
4: that's awesome. Yeah, I know.
1: But you'll
0: find that Hanukkah, really in America and Israel, are the two places in the world where it is celebrated to the to the level that we that we find it today. Mm. Um, that in other. Parts of the world practicing Jews don't really hold Hanukkah in as high as esteem. Of course, they do celebrate the holiday, but it's not to the level that you find mm. in America and Israel.
1: Could we find, can we make the argument that maybe the, the reason the parallel was drawn is because, again, this goes back to this notion of light, not necessarily the light of Christ, but just the light of God being present to you in a dark period of the year?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of parallels to be drawn there. I'll buy it. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I just wanted to throw out a little bit to, to recognize Hanukkah and its importance in this time of year. In addition to, I did a little additional research on Kwanzaa. Oh, yes, oh, yeah. Kwanzaa. I know nothing yes. about
1: Kwanzaa. is very interesting.
3: Kwanzaa is very interesting. The only Kwanzaa. thing I know about Kwanzaa, I just want to put this out there, is Kwanzaa Bot from uh, Futurama.
1: <laughs> does, it, does anyone yes. know how old Kwanzaa is as a holiday? Actually,
3: yeah, it's I would like to It's
4: relatively young.
1: Yeah, very, very yeah. much did it, so. Did it come so, out
2: around the apartheid, what, or two, like two hundred like years, three hundred years? No, 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 no. fifty. Yeah, it's, 50. yeah it's, specifically nineteen sixty six is when yeah, the holiday was new. created. So it did wow. come. Out, so it came in like right before the apartheid happened, and kind of ran that whole. Or civil during rights apartheid, yeah. yeah. During okay. apartheid, okay, yeah, okay.
0: And it was right. Well done, David. It was. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it was introduced in America in a time when the civil rights movement was in full swing. And many African-Americans were trying to fight for their freedom, come to an understanding of their identities and and who they were and how they fit into the formation of this country. And many of them, you know, had to realize the fact that, yes, we were born out of slavery, but we made our own unique culture in this new land that we came into. And we have flourished and we have, you know, finally an opportunity to have our voices heard and have equal opportunity and equal rights and Kwanzaa was created very much out of that spirit to give that strength and give that what is spirit? rightful to everybody in the world, okay. you know. There are seven principles uh, that tie into into Kwanzaa, and I just want to read them off real quick. One, uh, There are also a, a Kwanzaa candle. Uh, the, the, the Kinara, which is
1: actually very reminiscent of a traditional Jewish menorah.
0: Oh, very, nice. re- very reminiscent, and it has seven candles on it. Each candle represents... Does it have
1: yeah, it has seven yeah each of the each of the seven principles of Kwanzaa, yes correct
0: uh, unity self-determination responsibility cooperative economics purpose creativity and faith and so pretty powerful message and I really feel like you know we wanted to do justice to all these holidays that are celebrated Kwanzaa is celebrated from the 26th of December through January 1st and uh, I just wanted to, to throw it out mm-hmm. there because approximately anywhere from four to maybe even as many as 30 million Americans celebrate Kwanzaa. It's difficult because I saw so many different numbers thrown around. I Um, almost feel like that
2: everyone should kind of participate in Kwanzaa based upon those seven aspects of it, because it's not just labeled to just one culture. that, That should be what, and this is just my opinion, and I feel as though with those qualities, those should be tied to what America has kind of,
0: what America is. Right, right. Yeah. You know, the, the kind of become. based yeah.
2: upon what, yeah. we, what we're trying to strive for, which is that unity amongst man within our country and so on. You know, these seven qualities shouldn't just be for those who were oppressed you know during the civil rights movement it should be for everybody because that's the world that we're trying to go for and that's the world that we're trying to have now in this day and age yeah. and so
0: and keep in mind i'm sure that uh, when hanukkah was first being celebrated and when christmas were first being celebrated you know it was a really new holiday and people were just discovering it and finding out what it was all about and i'd yeah. be really interested in seeing what happens you know two or three hundred years from now when we're talking about kwanzaa and i
1: think a lot of those principles that you're mentioning that are on the canara. Those tie back to the true meaning of Christmas, too. Like, this is a perfect time of year for us to celebrate all of them at the same time. Yeah. You know? Um, And to
0: tie it into Judaism, they all represent exactly what Hanukkah means, uh, you know, in that they were able to free themselves and and rule themselves freely and be able to practice the religion they wanted.
1: Exactly.
4: I think that it's kind of cool that these holidays do happen around the same time, you know, possibly, you know, historical context, convenience, yada, yada. But at the same time, it all just seems so fitting because it's a time of winter, at least in certain parts of the world. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Australia. <laughs> but you know, there's a, it's a lot you know, a lot of, for a lot of people. It's a time of cold. It's a time of winter, and it's a time of hearth and home. Yeah. When you are kind of saying staying indoors more, it's darker longer. You're in with your loved ones, and it's a, a time of meditation yeah. and self reflection.
1: And once every so often, you're lucky enough to get all three holidays taking place at the same time. Because a couple of years ago, Hanukkah took place from December 27th, I think, or December 26th all the way through. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Christmas and Kwanzaa are almost always on, you know, they are always on December 20th and tw- right. December 26th.
0: Well, I think Hanukkah can take place any time from late November through Right, to, and uh, it has to deal uh, with, 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 right. with this,
1: uh, astronomical uh, placement. Astrological. No, no, yeah, no, no, astronomical, astronomical, astronomical. Yeah, yeah. astronomical. Okay. thank you, astronomical. Yeah, yeah. Measur- measurement of the stars, not yeah. astrology. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, well, I'm a
2: Sagittarius. Well, it says that uh, Hanukkah is going to start from tomorrow. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, like
3: I-, I looked at a calendar that's going to show like major holidays in the upcoming like five or six years, and I think between now and 2020, um, Hanukkah is going to start somewhere in like November 27th.
2: Give or take. I
3: believe I saw that. Early. Mm-hmm. Early. Yeah. It, yeah. Sounds yeah. It, happens, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. it
1: can happen early, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Interesting. And um, happy three S-
2: Thanksgiving and happy happy Hanukkah. Happy Thanksgiving.
3: Yeah. Happy Black Friday. Yeah. And then Happy Hanukkah. Uh, <laughs> um guys,
4: that's Merry Black Friday. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Merry
2: Black Friday. Merry Black Thanksgiving. Friday Thanksgiving. I've worked really. There's retail. the title of the episode, Merry Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> dot dot dot. Not
1: <laughs> psych. Uh, what I was what
2: I was gonna get at was that
1: um as it turns out, our current year ends on December thirty first and starts January first. It wasn't always that way, but it's interesting that all these three holidays tend to be the ones that bridge the year, the, the ends of the year and starts the year. You know, Christmas time in Christianity is uh, literally called Christmas tide because it's that twelve days. You know, we, yeah. we we end the celebration on January 6th with the Feast of the Epiphany. If you're in the the Catholic or Orthodox traditions, um, but there's other denominations of Christianity that honor that too. Yeah. I just think it's interesting because you start the year and you end the year by being cheery, by being charitable to other people, by giving to others. And it's
0: kind of just a
3: level well, cool concept.
1: It's how we survive the darkness,
0: how we just survive this time of year when we all need to band together to, to be with each other.
3: Both physically, environmentally, and apparently economically. Yeah, very interesting.
4: I feel like I learned so much.
1: <laughs> and there's so much more that we that we haven't covered yet. And we're only about an hour into our, to our episode, so... But we don't really have much more to I think we need we can save a lot of that for the years to come. Absolutely. Yeah. I will say, though, that if you're looking for more information to look up from what we've referenced, um, let me give you a couple resources for you. First of all, to learn more about the Christian roots of, of Christmas, um, the website I've referred to on our other episodes is uh, the Catholic Encyclopedia, through a new advent. It talks a lot about the origins of the nativity and of this formation of the holiday. Of course, Wikipedia's article on Christmas is actually very well cited and is a good resource. Um, and if you're if you're you know a kid and you're looking to learn more about the Christmas traditions, there was a book that that got me in this, that started me on this whole train of
2: thought. Baby's first advent. <clears throat> no.
1: <laughs>
2: right next to baby first no. poop.
1: <laughs> the, the book was the gas called Sweet Pass. <laughs> the book is actually still being published. It's called Holly, Reindeer, and Colored Lights by Edna Barth. Scholastic prints it every year. You can get it from from their website directly and it's a great way for kids who want to learn more about Christmas symbols and uh, of course also christmas.com that's right christmas has a website say what christmas can you email Santa th- from
3: christmas.com I haven't tried <gasps> oh Santa I tried. can it I'm awesome. sure my kids do it the traditional way
0: we write a letter to Santa we tie it to a helium balloon and we let it go
4: oh that's cute that's traditional. Like that. that's really
0: cute well my family
2: yeah, oh I thought you could put it in like in the, the somewhere and, letters and- wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> my god
4: that's
2: terrible. <laughs> I didn't hear that, but that sounds like it's going to get cut. <laughs> I, um, I, I will advocate um, that if you are out and uh, doing some holiday shopping, do stop by Macy's. Um, they have a wonderful little um, Santa's writing corner. In most of the Macy's stores, and you can write a yeah. little, bit, like, what I want for Christmas thing. But when you do that and you donate it and you, you know, address the envelope of the postcard to Santa, mm. a, a small donation is made to um, a, a charity. I think it's either Make-A-Wish Foundation or something along those lines. So toys for Tots. Toys for Tots, something yeah. along those okay. lines. So wow. check it out if you are if you have a Macy's near you
1: and you're mm. out and about at yeah. the mall. Can I add something on just a message from the heart? I think I think we're all we're all probably feeling it. You know, this is of course the time of year where we're all pretty fortunate. We're in we're in a very nice house right now, in front of our Christmas tree, and we're we're having a good little time. We've had a lot of fun tonight, but we have to remember that, of course, there are many people out there who aren't so lucky this time of year. So um, it's again a good time for us to remember that if we have the opportunity to give give to whatever charity you can, toys, Christmas trees. Um, there's tons of there's a million and a half different ways that you can help make someone's holiday sure for one
0: you know canned foods lots of donation places at your local grocery stores or if you're in school or your children's schools you can donate uh, to those locations as well there are so many different ways that you can give back at this time of year even you know i think you can even like text in donations to the red cross mm-hmm. and they'll help out folks who are in need and all, all sorts of all sorts of great stuff
4: and you can uh, even contribute uh, to local animal shelters um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of homeless animals out there, and I'm yep. only pitching this just because I happen to work for a nonprofit animal shelter. So. <laughs> well,
0: last Christmas, my wife got a cat, and she got a
2: ten-dollar kitty.
4: Yes actually holiday. and we're we're doing another adoption promotion where oh, we're okay. selling cheap d- was, cheap animals <laughs> looks like I'm buying little, another cat. <laughs> All right. I was gonna
2: go a little medical too if you have the opportunity donate blood too. Um, oh, it's, a, it's a great That's, thing. It
4: is a wonderful thing to do. last time I did it I wound up on the floor passed out it was pretty awesome. <laughs> but <you passed laughs>
2: did they out give you cookies you and milk afterwards you <laughs> Good. but no it definitely will come in handy uh, you know especially for somebody who's in need of it. So if you can donate your time, donate your money, donate food donate blood, you know, adopt something. Any one of those things to help make a human or an animal's life better for the holiday season and for many seasons going forward. And of course, all of
1: us at the Neuron family wish you guys the happiest and safest
2: holiday possible. Absolutely. And if you're still listening to this, congratulations, you survived these the posed apocalypse. (laughs) Well Well done. We made it. Now we just have to get through winter.
0: (laughs) Uh, I want to send a very personal very deep thank you to each and every person at this table you folks are very very special to me and uh 2012 has really been an amazing year and it has been done so because of the folks that i sit before right now so david brian sarah kevin thank you so much for joining us this evening sean it goes without saying you have been a pillar of strength for this and both of our podcasts, thank you so much, and happy holidays to you and to everyone who's ever been a guest on our podcast and supported us. For all of our Facebook followers that are out there, for everyone who's ever sent us a email or a comment, all of our listeners, happy holidays.
1: Happy holidays. No, let's just say them all. Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa. Whatever else you celebrate.
4: Happy
3: Solstice. Ha-
1: Happy, Happy Egyptian-themed Christmas.
4: <laughs> Happy Festivus. For at the least rest now he of
0: us. Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> Happy Star Trek Watching Day, also known as
1: Christmas for me. And if you'd like us to send us any season's greetings, uh, you can, of course, follow us on Twitter, at Erdonomy. Uh, as well as email us at nerds at nerdonomy.com. Or, of course, email us individually. Um, Sarah, you want to give your email?
4: I'm Sarah at nerdonomy.com. That's S-A-R-A-H.
1: I am the Brickmont at nerdonomy.com. David at nerdonomy.com. And Brian with a Y at nerdonomy.com. Please, you can also, of course, send your wishes through our Facebook accounts
2: as well for Nerds on History and Nerds on Film. And you can also tweet us at nerdonomy or you can tweet us individually I am at David C. McGuire. That's M-C-G-U-I-R-E. I am at the Brickmont. And I am at Brian Moriarty. And Sarah and Kevin do not tweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Big <laughs> changes in 2013, we hope. Definitely. No. So on that note, guys,
1: have a very, very happy holidays. Happy New Year.
4: Happy Festivus.
1: Happy everything.
2: Have good a good night. one, guys. Good night.
4: Bye.